But what is going on, all my bourbon and boxing fans, man? Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Boxing, episode 36, baby. I'm calling this episode Desert Warfare because in Glendale, Arizona this week, baby, bombs are going to be dropping in that ring all day all night from round one to the very end, somebody's going to get KO'd, baby. I'm telling you, I'm calling it. And what I think is the most anticipated fight of the year, at least for me, guys, the minute I heard this fight was announced in August, man, I told myself, bro, I'm, I'm ready. And I misheard it. I misheard it. I thought they said September 16th. So I was like, oh, man, no way. And then, no, December 16th. So I had to wait even longer for one of my favorite fights, one of my favorite fighters, Jesse Bam Rodriguez going up against Sonny Edwards. These two scrappy 115 flyweight guys are going to bang it out, man. So if you're in Glendale, Arizona, baby, you better take shelter because bombs are going to be dropping in Glendale, Arizona this weekend, man. But guess what, guys? I got to slow it down. I got to pace myself. I jump right into this episode, man, because I'm so excited about this fight. I've been so excited about breaking it down for you all week. So excited about doing this episode about two of the best fighters, the number one, number two best fighter in the flyweight division, fighting each other tomorrow, guys. Tomorrow. It's going to happen, man. But guess what? i got to slow it down, bring it back. I'm your host, Jeff, man. And I want to introduce you guys to a new segment on my show. Now, we call this show Bourbon and Boxing, right? Now, I introduce you to what I'm drinking, like I do every week. And I tell you guys, it's usually, you know, I point it to the screen. Hey, Castle and Key this week, Restoration Rye, correct? And then I, you know, take a little shot with you guys, and then we get into the show. But I thought, man, I am doing bourbon and injustice, man. My show is called Bourbon and Boxing. I've got to give bourbon some love, man. There's no doubt about it. i got to give bourbon some love. So I thought, we're going to start doing... A new segment called Bourbon of the Week. That's how we're going to start the show out every week, guys. We're not only going to tell you what we're drinking, but we're going to give you a little review on it. So that way, if you want to try it, you can go out there. I can tell you, hey, if it's good or if it's not good, maybe you should try it. It might be for you. It might not be for you, man. But my review, it, like I said, it's all opinion-based. You know, take it how you want it. But like I said, this week, new segment. Bourbon of the Week. Here we go, guys. Bourbon of the Week is going to be Castle and Key Restoration Rye Whiskey. The batch I have is batch one, uh, number 30049. It's aged three years. Uh, came out, was released in 2023, guys. Uh, this is a b company that started in 2014. They took over the old Taylor, uh, what was it? Old Taylor Distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky in 2014. They released their first barrel in 2016. They take pride in trying to stay traditional, but also bring something new to the game. I think they did with this uh, Restoration Rye. I think they definitely did something different with this one, guys. I'm very impressed with it. Uh, you know, overall, man, with my review, it's a very smooth uh, bourbon. Doesn't have the usual rye taste uh, that your normal rye would have. Not that overbearing rye taste. But you wouldn't even tell it's a rye whiskey. So if you're not a rye whiskey fan and you want to try something like this bourbon, a rye that's not overbearing, this is the perfect rye to, to try, in my opinion. It has a hint of spices and cinnamon, a little bit of chocolate tone to it. Uh, I can taste some kind of fruit. I'm thinking orange uh, in there. But overall, man, it's super smooth, very unique. Uh, 
I like it a lot. It runs about $42 a bottle. I got it over in Anderson, Ohio. That's where I grabbed mine at uh, from the local Kroger that I live by. I grabbed it from the Kroger Liquor there for about $42 after tax. So, you know, the price is pretty good on it, and it's really, really good. And I very definitely highly recommend the bourbon of the week, Castle and Key, Restoration Rye, guys. Definitely a 96 overall for me. The only downfall for me was the spices were maybe a little too after linger on the spices. Uh, it has a smooth going down, but then it has a small lingering spicy and spice and cinnamon to it. Uh, gave me a little bit of heartburn, but nothing a little Pepto didn't take care of. But, boy, it got me the first day that I drank it for sure. I'm on about the third day of it. Been sipping my bourbon. And here we go, guys. So since we broke down the bourbon of the week, man, thank you for joining me for that new segment. we got to give our bourbon some love, guys. Bourbon is huge out there right now. We can't have a show called Bourbon and Boxing and not give bourbon some love. But there we go with the new segment, man. Tell me what you guys think about that. Uh, if my information is helpful to you guys, what you think about that, if that's a good addition to the show or not. But anyways, man, like I said, this is a huge week in boxing, guys, at least for me. I'm a huge, and, and any boxing fan has got to see how big this fight's going to be on Saturday. And then you also got Showtime throwing their very last card of the year. Uh, and we had a big fight yesterday, man. I'll talk about that, Sanchez and Santa Bonds. Hell of a fight, uh, Thursday night fight that we got. So we'll break down that fight, uh, or we'll talk, we'll recap that fight, and then we'll talk about the two big main cards coming up on Saturday, guys. But let's start our show. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm your host, Jeff. Got my notes ready, man. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Ready to talk about this fight. So I'm kind of confused, man. I don't know if I want to go into that Showtime event first and kind of save my Bam and Sonny uh, for the last uh, breakdown for you guys. But I kind of just want to jump into it. So I'm going to go with what I led with in my notes, man. I led with the Bam and Sonny fight because that's the most important fight to me. So, man, let's, let's do it, man. Like I said, this weekend, you've got Jesse. Bam Rodriguez going up against Sonny Edwards in the flyweight for the titles. Uh, these two 115 fighters, man, when I say guys that throw punches and bunches and they can take a punch, they can throw a punch, and this fight probably being one of the most evenly down the middle fights, maybe, maybe I give Bam Rodriguez just a little bit of an edge uh, over Sonny, but Sonny's a mean son of a bitch, man. He's mean, so he's not gonna come out there and just roll over for a guy like Bam. We saw Bam get his jaw broken in his last fight uh, against Christian Gonzalez, if I'm correct. But he continued. He he still continued, and he took a lot of big shots. Now I don't know. Now in that last fight against Christian Gonzalez, Bam took a hell of a lot of shots, man. And I'm asking myself. Sonny, I think, may be a heavier puncher than Gonzalez, even though Gonzalez was landing solid punches. And Bam was taking those punches. He was walking into a lot of those punches, too, to just get off what he wanted to get off, taking the punishment to give out the punishment. I mean, Bam is just an incredible fighter, guys. And you see this guy in the ring. He's very impressive. The way he moves, uh, 
His ring IQ very, very good and high. His feet, his hands, his combos. Uh, the only thing I have against Bam is the too many shots that he takes. Like no, no matter what that in in your career that can catch up to you. Uh, Sonny is the older fighter in this, but he he's tough, man. Sonny is. When I say you got the number one, number two in the flyweight fighting each other, there's no questions about it. These are the two best in this division. So this fight is just going to be just, when I tell you, the minute that bell rings, like Sonny has been calling out Bam for at least two, maybe three years now. I want you, Bam. I'm going to come get you, Bam, and talking a lot. Now, when the pressers and they had their face-to-face, Sonny became the nice guy. Uh, and, of course, Bam wasn't buying it. And Bam's like, look, man, you've been playing nice, but when you're not around me, you got a lot to say. But then when you're in front of me, you don't really have anything to say. So, but Sonny's saying, look, I'm trying to be the nice guy. I could tear you up, but I'm not going to do that. I want to just be, uh, I'm actually, I'm a good guy. I'm not the type of guy to run you, you know, to try to run you down. He's been very respectful towards Bam saying, look, I know this isn't a fight. I'm going to step in there and dominate this guy. He's the best for a reason. He has these belts for a reason, right? Because he's that damn good. And Sonny knows it. So Sonny's not going to go in. I don't see him ever. He's definitely not going in underestimating Bam. And, the man, it's hard for me to say I give Bam the edge, but I really do give Bam just a slight edge, maybe because I've seen more of Bam's fights than I have Sonny. I've seen Sonny fight maybe three times. I've seen Bam fight over a handful of times, several times. Like I said, he's one of my favorite all-time fighters. And being a fan, just watching him fight, what he can do jumping up back and forth the way he does uh, in weight divisions, just, I mean, he's an incredible fighter to watch. If you've not watched Bam Rodriguez, you've got to check him out. Go watch some highlights before you watch this fight. Go check out Sonny Edward highlights. Go check out Bam Rodriguez headlights. Head, head, Highlights and then the headlights. Highlights and then you're gonna you're gonna get an idea of what's coming this weekend in Glendale, Arizona. Desert warfare, baby. I'm telling you right now. If you're in that arena, you better take shelter because in that ring, it's gonna be bomb after bomb after bomb dropped in that ring. So you better take cover because it's gonna be a banger, baby. I'm telling you right now, my banger of the week. Yeah. Man, so excited about this fight. I don't know if you guys can hear my voice. I'm like a little kid that got to go into the candy store, and I'm all excited. And my mom's like, you can buy whatever you want. And I'm like, yeah, what am I going to get? Everything. But that's how I feel, man. This is a, this is a candy store for me on Saturday, and I'm going to get to watch two of the best out there fight. It's got a, it seems to have a pretty good undercard to it. Uh, so... Leading up, but the thing is, it's a nightcap, so it's going to be here in the States, and in the U.S., it's going to be in Glendale, Arizona, at Diamond Desert Arena, and uh, that's all going to start, it looks like, uh, I think the start time, yeah, going to be about an 8 o'clock start time for the undercard, they're looking at the main card to walk out about 11.15 for the main card, so, you know, anywhere from 11, I'm saying, so that's going to be a later start, and what sucks is that Showtime is having their last fight also on Saturday. We'll jump into that after I finish up this the zone card. But you know, like I said, this fight coming up, it's how can I break this fight down, man? There's no way because these two guys are gonna go at it that it's hard for me to say, hey, stick to the outside, boxing from the outside, 
make Bam chase you around the ring. Maybe that's what you do if you're Sonny. Just try to stick to the outside. Bam wants you to come in and fight with him, but Sonny wants that too. So that's what's hard about this, man. That's what's really hard about this fight is that Bam wants to come inside and bang it out with you, and Sonny wants to come inside and bang it out too. I think Sonny has a little bit of the leverage on him, so he might have be able to keep him at bay with that jab and just be very elusive and move, and I'd say use that pivot to his advantage as much as he can uh, is what I would recommend, and just pivot his way around Bam when he's coming in with those combos and try to catch him off guard a little bit. But, man, this is going to be a hell of a fight, and I, I'm going to have to say I favor Bam just because I've watched Bam so much and I know what he's going to bring to the table. Even though I watch Sonny, I know what Sonny's going to bring. I've watched Bam a little bit more, and I've seen the years and years of Bam just dominating uh, and doing what Bam does. I've put Bam on my top 10 pound for pound uh, over a year ago. So you can see where he stands with me. Uh, and I think the winner of this is definitely on the top 10 pound for pound list. No doubt about it. One of the, Whoever wins this fight has got to be put into the pound for pound list. Uh, but man, it's, it's going to be a, an exciting fight. Tune in about 11:15, 11:30 start time for the main event, but catch the, uh, undercard. Who's going to be, a, it's going to be a really good undercard guys. Uh, the first fight, man, this guy's name, Mur, Muratohana versus Kevin Gonzalez. That's going to be a super bantamweight fight. Uh, that's going to be the co-main event. Then you're going to get Gala Yaffe versus Rocco Santamarao. That's a featherweight fight. And then you're going to get Peter Miguel versus Jarico O'Quinn. That's a super bantamweight fight. Uh, then you're going to get Janid Bastan versus Gordy Russell. Uh, that is a super welterweight fight. Then you're going to go get Joe McGrell versus Edgar Ortiz Jr., that's a featherweight fight. Now, that's the uh, undercard fights on there. As you can see, not bad. Uh, is there really one I'm looking forward to? Not really. None of those names stand out. Uh, the Yaffe kid, actually, I, I'll take that back. Uh, Gala Yaffe the, facing Rocco uh, Santa Morao. That's going to be a good fight. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a good fight. I know Yaffe is a guy coming out as a gold medalist out of the Olympics. Uh, he just kind of started his pro career. He's maybe five or six fights in, something like that. But he's definitely an up-and-coming guy, so you might want to catch that fight. That's uh, right before the co-main. That's going to be the fight before the co-main event. Uh, so check that guy out. He's supposed to be really good. Galalala. Gala Yalfi. So if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, check him out on that undercard. That's That would stand out to me on the undercard if you want to watch one of those fights. Check that guy out. The guy he's going up against is an older vet fighter. So this is one of those, you know, easy men against a veteran, somebody who maybe can give him some rounds, uh, give him a little bit more pro-round experience, uh, you know, and some things that he can take back and work on. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. But like I said, it's going to be 8 p.m. start time. It's going to be on the zone, guys. I do not think it's a pay-per-view. Uh, don't quote me on it, but I'm not seeing it as a pay-per-view. It's not stating that it's a pay-per-view. So if you have the zone, you have a subscription to the zone, uh, then you get that fight starting at eight o'clock. Uh, the, like I said, location is going to be the desert diamond arena in Glendale, Arizona guys. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to jump over to the Showtime card, guys. We're going to break that one down. This is Showtime's last event. But before they, before we do that, guys, let's take another little sip of our bourbon, man. 
And then uh, let's give a shout-out to our sponsor of the show, Brown Family Construction. Man, any of your construction needs in the northern Kentucky or Cincinnati area, area, hit up Brown Family Construction. You can find all their information at the end of my show, or you can hit Jason Brown up on uh, Facebook at Brown Family Construction. The name says it all. They treat you like family, man. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, like I said, Showtime is doing their last event this week ever. Showtime Boxing will no longer be. Uh, PBC has now signed with Amazon Music as Paramount has decided that uh, Showtime Boxing, Showtime Sports, wasn't good enough to continue to carry on. So they dropped it, and this weekend they'll be putting on their last fight, which sucks for them, man. You're putting this on again with a guy like David Morrell, who I like a lot too, but you're putting this fight on... Uh, with what I think is the biggest fight of the year, and being your last event, so that kind of sucks. I'm gonna, I'm still gonna find a way to tune into that. But the minute that BAM fight starts, I don't care what fight's going on on the Showtime card, being its last event, anything like that, it, it's gonna be ignored, and I'm gonna be directly focused on that BAM and uh, Sunny fight, 100% for sure. But man, like I said, this fight's gonna be uh, on Showtime. It's gonna be against David Morrell, and he's gonna be taking on uh, Cena Agabuko. Now, Cena is a guy who was an up-and-coming fighter. He kind of had some kind of uh, brain disease, I think is what they had said it was. He had some sort of brain disease. He was out of boxing for a couple years. Now he's come back uh, against a guy like David Morrell. I don't know how this is going to go for him. David Morrell, if you guys haven't watched David Morrell, now the unfortunate thing is is that this card is going to start at 9 p.m. So you might get to watch the main card, but I, I feel like both of these main events are going to clash together at the same time. Uh, David Morrell is a really, really, really good uh, one, uh, 168 fighter. Uh, very, He's only got nine fights, holds a title, and... He is the guy that everybody's like looking at at 168 to say, hey, David Benavidez should fight David Morrell. Um, everybody thinks everybody's scared of this guy. He's, and he's really good, man. He's a really talented kid. Uh, I need to see more from him. Nine fights in, man. I'm not judging anybody on nine fights. Now, I can usually see a guy in nine fights and kind of see uh, by their talent level what, what they might bring to the table. David Morrell shows everything you would expect to see from a really good fighter. Uh, a future champion, a future great in uh, boxing. He showcases all that, uh, but just being new into the pro level, uh, great amateur career and all that, but nine fights in, I need to see a little bit more from him. Of course, Showtime's done a great job bringing him along. They're not babying him. Uh, they're letting him get out there and fight tough competition. So we'll see what goes on in that fight. Uh, I, of course, I'm going to favor David Morrell in that fight. Uh, if you want to make some money, maybe look for an early knockout by David Morrell. He's known for that kind of stuff. He's got great power. Uh, he's very spat, very fast, very elusive for his size. Uh, his hand speed is very incredible, man. You guys will be impressed with his hand speed 100%. But I think he dominates this fight uh, and wins it in a knockout fashion. Uh, in my opinion, no doubt, David Morrell in that fight. Now, this has got Showtime decided, I guess, you know, hey, we're going out. We're going to go out on top. Uh, they put on a very heavy card. You're going to have a prelim before the prelims. 
You're, you're going to have the prelims and then the undercard. That's what it is. You're going to have prelim fights and then you're going to have the undercard fights. Uh, so you're going to, this is all probably going to start, I would think, really rather early uh, with all these on there. There's no way, uh, unless they're saying the, uh, the, the, the main event's going to be at 9 o'clock, which I don't see that. Like, it, this is a huge undercard. Uh, and it's got some really good fights on it, guys. So it's going to be hard not to tune into that. I think it's got a better undercard than the, uh, the zone has. So, uh, you know, watching both of them, I might be paying a little bit more attention to the uh, Showtime undercard than I am the uh, the zone undercard because I do like it a little bit better. And it's just, it's it's packed, man. Uh, looks like it's going to start out with uh, Charles Harris Jr. versus uh, Marlon Sims. Then you're going to get Joseph Spencer versus uh, Marcelo Faitin. Uh, Borowski, and then Sean McClamon versus Christian Olins. Uh, then you're going to get Michael Angeletti versus Angel uh, Contreras. Then you're going to get Caron, uh, Caron Davis versus Cruz Stewart. Uh, then you're going to get Alberto Palello versus Irtor Madeira. Man, some of these names, I'm telling you guys, I'm not the best at them. Uh, you're going to get Andre Barreto versus Robert Guerrero. Uh, one of my favorite, Chris Colbert, is going to be versus uh, Jose Valenzuela. I think that's a rematch of that fight uh, that her- happened uh, maybe last year. The co-main event of this is going to be Julio Cesar Martinez versus Angelina Cordova. Uh, that's going to be a hell of a fight, man. And that's going to lead into the David Morrell fight. But as you can see, that is just an unbelievable stacked card right there, guys. Showtime's trying to go out with a bang. I love it. I'm going to be tuned in to most of the Showtime undercard uh, before I jump over and finish my night out with, of course, the Bam and Sunny fight, which I think is just going to be just incredible, guys. Just unreal. Wait, you you got to watch it, man. It's overshadowing everything else. Uh that happened. I this week was a, a really good week for boxing. It started on Thursday. You had uh, Sanchez versus Santabon over on uh, which what what channel was that on? What was I watching that on? Shit. Maybe the zone. Maybe the zone again. But that was a hell of a fight. Santabon's being the more experienced fighter. Sanchez came out and just immediately was just bum rushing and throwing. Body shot, big body shot after big body shot on uh, Sanchez, man. Sanchez was taking those shots, uh, went down at one point. Uh, looked like, at, at to me, I kind of felt like at some point Sanchez was going to punch himself out. We kind of saw that. So, you know, I couldn't figure out what Santa Bonds was doing in this fight. I thought he should have fought off his back foot, kept the distance from uh, Sanchez, who was throwing big punches, relying on those big punches. Uh and I thought, why not distance yourself from that? Don't allow him to do that to you. Fight off your back foot, making chase you. But the more I saw Santa Bond's footwork, I knew that he wasn't. That's not something he was probably able to do. He's probably not good with the back step fighting backwards. You could tell with his footwork that he wasn't going to be very. He was going to get caught trying to walk back, or he wasn't going to be fast enough to pull off the step back with the jab, creating the distance, and then kind of coming over with a counter, big counter punch uh, that he could have set up. Then I kind of figured out what Santa Bonds was doing. He was trying to weather the storm. He was going to let this young man just punch him out, but he allowed him for six rounds uh, to do this. And then when you could see that uh, Sanchez had tired down in the seventh, eighth, and ninth round, that's when I thought Santa Bonds was going to come alive. 
Like, okay, he's going to wear him down, let him throw those big punches, and then he's going to take over this fight. Like, that's a smart thing to do. You're going to take this young man out into deep waters, see what his stamina is, see what his, uh, you know, how many rounds he's boxed, take him out there, and make him go to the limit with you. And I thought, smart ideal. But 7th, 8th, ninth round, Santabon still wasn't really doing anything. Even when you could tell Sanchez was tired, he was still out punching Santabons, who was just kind of leading in with his head, but not doing anything. Throwing small punches here and there, but just getting out punched every single round. Uh, Sanchez, of course, it came down to the decision, and Sanchez won the fight by decision. In a 10-round fight, Sanchez got the decision, definitely deserved it. Uh, Santabon's older fighter, I'd say he's probably done. He did not showcase a lot in this fight. Uh, I don't know if he was tired, wore down, what it was. He just looked slow-footed, and he just didn't make the effort. You know, he let the guy beat on him for six rounds, and when you could clearly see the other fighter was wore down because he just kept throwing big punch after big punch, so it was tiring him down, then Santamont's just let in with his head, not throwing punches, and allowing and getting and still getting out punched by the more tired Sanchez. And then the you know, the ninth and tenth round I would say Sanchez kinda of came back around in the ninth and tenth round and, you know, finished out the fight, man. So uh hats off to Sanchez for a good fight last night on a Thursday night fight that we rarely get, but nice fight for boxing. Uh if you tuned in for that you definitely got a nice little fight. Uh hope you guys didn't miss it. And uh let's see we have another fight on Saturday, too. I almost missed uh, Josh Kelly versus uh, Placito Ramirez. Uh, that fight will be also the zone, man. They're just pulling out bangers this whole week, man. They're, they're trying to do their own thing. Uh, take over this weekend is what they're trying to do. And, they, of course, they had the big fight last weekend, too, uh, with Haney and Regis Prograde. But uh, let's see. Uh, we talked about the fight results from Thursday, and then we'll get into a little bit of boxing news, guys. Of course, you got Tank Davis and uh, Devin Haney going back and forth. Uh, I felt like these guys were both in 135. They didn't fight each other. Uh, and then the okay, here's something that I that I kind of want to hit on a little bit. Now, Tank always takes a lot of criticism for putting when he does fight a guy at 140. He puts in a rehydration clause. And he always gets highly, highly criticized for this. And everybody's like, oh, he's you know, he's scared to fight at that weight. He he's draining him so that he can beat him. And initially from the outside looking in, I'm seeing okay, well, you know, that's kind of crazy. He fought Barrow Barrows, Mario Barrows at one forty, uh, made him sign a rehydration clause. Same thing with Ryan Garcia. Uh and I was like, man, you know, that's crazy. Like, it is giving him an advantage. That's what I was thinking in my head. But then, all of a sudden, this year, uh, after the the Progress and Haney fight, they showed these two guys weight, saying that during the fight, during the weight, during the weigh-in, Haney weighed 141. Uh, Regis Progress weighed 139. During the fight, they're saying Haney weighed 156. And that uh, or 165, and that Regis Prograde weighed 156. So now, does Tank look fucking that? Excuse me, does Tank look crazy to you guys, or does he now seem like a freaking genius that knows a little bit more about the sport than you guys know? He knows what the hell these guys are going to do. 
Yeah, they'll take and they'll fight Tank at 140. Hell yeah, why wouldn't you fight the smaller guy at your weight, giving you the advantage, right? But Tank's not stupid. Tank said, "Yeah, I'll fight you at 140, but we're gonna do a rehydration clause, and you're not gonna get above 141, 142. Any higher than that, eh, done. Smart as hell, man. Doesn't get any smarter than that. And for everybody out there criticizing Tank for these rehydration clauses." Do your homework, man, and see what these fighters are doing. Lomachenko said it about Devin Haney. He said, man, it's like fighting a fucking heavyweight. This guy's not a 135. He's too big for 135. He's a big 140 guy. And seeing that he's good, he can jump up to 165 and fight at that weight, why not be fighting at welterweight? You know, it makes me wonder why these guys are fighting at a lower weight. Maybe there's something I don't know. Uh, but I do know this, Tank's not as crazy as y'all put him out to be. He's a smart guy. I said it before with his ring IQ and even outside of the ring. He's not stupid. You know what I mean? He might be have a little bit of out-of-the-ring out trouble and do stupid shit, but the guy is really, really smart overall. This rehydration clause is the best thing you could probably ever do if you're going to jump up and fight a guy. It's only fair if you think about it because... No matter what Tank does at 135, he might be able to jump up to 146. But if you got a guy that's able to jump up to 165 by the time the fight starts, that's a big-ass disadvantage to the smaller fighter coming up in weight. So, I mean, hats off to Tank for no knowing shit like that that us outsiders, us fans, aren't going to know, right? That's an inside thing that I just learned this week, and I'm like, okay... Now he's not so crazy. All right, he's not as crazy as y'all think he is. Uh, the Connor, and also in news today, news boxing news, looks like the Connor Ben and uh, Chris Eubanks fight is completely off the table at the time. Negotiations can't get done. I think the biggest issue is money. Saudi Arabia is probably not really willing to fund that fight, uh, but and we know it can't happen over in the UK because of Connor's situation over in the UK. So that fight right now is just completely off the table. Who knows if it ever gets done. Uh, great rivalry with that family. It's not going to sell over here in the U.S. Uh, not nearly what it would sell in the U.K. So I don't know, by the time Connor's able to fight, is that going to be past his time and people have already forgot about it if these guys will ever fight each other. Uh, I just say each of you pick another opponent and get back in the ring. We'd like to see you. Uh, Eubank just came off a win. Connor came off a win. Get back out there, fight again uh, in the new year. But uh, you also got the announcement of the Anthony Joshua versus Wilder, uh, Deontay Wilder fight has been scheduled for February in Saudi Arabia. Now, this all does depend on the outcome of December 23rd when both will be on the same card, Joshua fighting Wallen and Deontay Wilder will be fighting uh, Anthony Parker. So if they both win their fight on December 23rd, the fight in February is 100% guaranteed, and you will get an Anthony Joshua versus uh, Deontay Wilder fight that we've been anticipating for years and years and years now, and it's kind of wondering if that has passed its prime also because Wilder's lost Safiri a couple times, and Joshua has lost a couple times since then also. Neither of them holding a belt. So, you know, I guess that's just more for bragging rights when that fight comes along, when it's all said and done. Uh, 
but it's all dependent on how both of them perform in their next fight, what they do. So if they both win, we're going to get that fight in February. And I find it awful suspicious that they're saying February. They didn't give a date, but they said February. That fight would happen. And guess what other fight's happening in February in Saudi Arabia? Now, I don't want to claim to be a boxing genius. Any chair for that? Any chair? But I did say just a few episodes ago that hold on guys, my wife is calling me. Alright guys, we are back. Interrupted by my wife calling me and she's getting ready to come home from work. But I was saying, man, look, when I announced that fairy Usyk fight, I and our our actually when I announced this uh this um, day of reckoning December 23rd happening in Saudi Arabia and that Anthony Joshua was fighting Wallen and Wilder was fighting Parker and why weren't they fighting each other I made it clear why I thought that wasn't happening guys and this is why I said I thought it wasn't happening because I felt like they were going to match up these two guys against each other on the same card as Usyk and Fury. If they both win their fight, because it's announced for February, we all know Usyk Fury fights. That fight is in February. What bigger night to have than the four top heavyweights on the same card, the same night, almost like an eliminator, except for, of course, Fury Usyk have a rematch clause. So, you know, Dante Wilder and Joshua, why not have a, if it's a close match, a rematch clause also. Let these guys fight twice, and then the winner of that's going to fight the overall winner of the heavyweight with Fury Usyk, man. I said this was going to happen. I called it. Now, it hasn't been announced, but I'm telling you, if these guys win on December 23rd, I can bet my bottom dollar, baby, that that fight will be announced as the co-main event to the Fury Usyk fight, which will be a hell of a way to start the year in 2024, especially for Saudi Arabia. Uh, also, guys, on here, a little bit of more news is, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, oh, yeah, Santiago versus Nataki, uh, Nakatani will be scheduled for February uh, 24th over there in uh, uh, Tokyo, if I'm correct. Uh, Chantel Cameron came out, said she wants a trilogy fight with uh, Katie Taylor. I think she absolutely deserves that fight, and I think they should bring it to wherever uh, Chantel's at, take it out of Dublin, and give her an opportunity to win back all her belts. I think it's only right that Katie does that. But at the same time, I want to see Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano before I see that Chantel Cameron trilogy fight. I just think the Serrano versus Taylor fight has a lot more significance to it if we can get 12-3 on that fight 12 three minute rounds that would be awesome for uh, women's sports and history especially with those two amazing fighters like they are uh, both are just incredible guys alright now I want to come up with a couple poll questions to end this uh, segment with uh, number one my first poll question is going to be where does Devin Haney belong in the pound for pound talks is he now a top five I don't have him as a number one by far. His dad says he should be number one. I got Crawford, in a way, uh, Canelo, Haney, 
than Usyk. So I do have him in my top five. I have him at number four, guys. What's your thoughts? Where does he now land on a pound-for-pound? Pound? Or is he is he even on your pound-for-pound? Pound? I think he should definitely be on everybody's pound-for-pound. Pound. Uh, and then also, my second poll question is going to be, if whoever wins the Bam vs. Sonny fight, does do one of these guys end up on the pound-for-pound pound list to end a year with? And give me your pound-for-pound pound list, guys. Tell me who you guys think are the top ten biters going into 2024. Who is the top 10 pound for pound for you guys? Uh, I'll give you guys my list uh, probably before the year's over. I'm going to try to give you guys my pound for pound list. I'm going to try to give you guys my uh, top 10 fights of the year because there was that many good fights. I'm going to give you at least 5 to 10 of the top fights. And then I'm going to give you my fight of the year. But I kind of want to let these fights roll through because we still got a big fight with uh, Inouye next weekend. Uh, then you got the Day of Reckoning coming up which I actually, Day Reckoning is before the NOA fight, which is the 23rd. We're going to get that Christmas Eve, Christmas weekend. We're going to get that Day of Reckoning fight, which is a hell of a heavyweight card. So we're going to get that, and then you're going to get the uh, 26th NOA, um, and then we got a fight on the 30th, if I'm correct. I have to relook to see who that is to end the year with. But probably about the 31st going in right before the new year, I'm going to drop those lists for you guys, man. Still working on them. So much footage to go back and look at uh, with all the big, amazing fights that's happened this year. So it's going to be a lot of homework on my part, but I'm going to try to bring that to you guys. But why I'm doing that, tell me who your pound-for-pound pound is. Also, tell me if you think Devin Haney belongs in the pound-for-pound pound and where you got him at. And then tell me if you think Bam or Sonny, if either one wins this fight, are they a pound-for-pound pound fighter too, guys? All right, man. Once again, man, this is Bourbon and Boxing. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh... And uh, this is episode 36, baby. Like I said, Desert Warfare, because there's going to be bombs dropping in the ring for my most anticipated fight of the year. Bam Rodriguez and Sonny Edwards, man. If you're not tuning in, you're just missing out, and that's a fact, baby. Take this shot with me, and let's call it a night. I'm your host, Jeff. Episode 36, thank you for joining me, guys. Uh, check me out on Facebook. Hit me up on Spotify, where you can listen to the podcast, uh, Amazon Music iHeartRadio, and of course, right here on YouTube where I do my Friday breakdowns. Catch me on my podcast on every Monday where I do my Monday recap and go over the weekend fights with you guys. I try to get it out there before anybody else uh, so that you can come to me for all that information, man. And like I said, tell me what you think of the new segment also and check out my poll questions, baby. Thank you, guys. <laughs>